Welcome to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. This is the show for the soul who is excited to welcome in more freedom, abundance, and quantum healing in their life. Hi, I'm Vaughn. My magic is in treating all aspects of this human existence, mind, body, and spirit, because it is all connected. In this podcast, I will be sharing stories of transformation so you can know, witness, and understand what's possible for you too when we play together in the cosmos. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. I am so excited for this episode today. So I had a profound healing by Courtney Beck a few weeks ago. And I had been drawn to her work. I met her through a mutual friend on Instagram, of course. And I had been drawn to her. I literally heard the intuitive nudge for like six weeks that I needed to work with her. And I just was not ready. I knew the timing was not right. Every time I went to go book it, something stopped me. It just was not time. And then finally, when it was time, of course, it was all in divine timing. And So my healing was so incredible that right after I was like, Courtney, will you please be on my podcast? Because I'm just so fascinated with how she does what she does and how she channels what she channels. And I wanted to read a little bit of the healing that I experienced from you. So what she does is you book the session and then you have a time and you you don't even connect like via Zoom or anything like that. Like I got into a meditative state. She sat on her end where she is um, and channeled all of her information. And then an hour later, I received this email that had all of this information with pictures and, and, oh, it was just incredible. I'm so excited for you to meet her and to experience her work and, oh my gosh. So let me just go ahead and tell you a little bit about my healing that I received just so you can get an idea of what it's like. So she has like a whole team that she works with. They are literally like her besties and she channels these Hindu gods and goddesses and Isis and all this information. And so they welcomed me into the healing experience. And then Shiva, who is a Hindu god, um, Shiva was the main one, like giving me all of this information. So it, it says, Shiva, we welcome you today, Vaughn. I do have a message for you. And that message is that you are here to receive golden light and to share that golden light with others. You are a healer, but more than this, you are an alchemist here to transform what is lead and transition it into gold. Shiva, you are, you are a healer, Vaughn, but to just call you this would not fully or completely describe what you are. Your gifts are more resonant within the space of great transformational change rather than healing cuts, wounds, or releasing trauma. You are death, but you are also life. You are descended from the avian species from Lyra. Those on earth would refer to this group as the blue avians, and they are a bird culture specializing in flight of the soul. And this is what you are here to do, Vaughn, is to assist others to fly. Boom! Oh my gosh, when I read that, because I've always been like, what, what planet am I from? And hello, she just told me. I mean, to me, that was just worth its weight in gold. Um, So then Shiva says, you are not here to unlock trauma, although it is possible for you to do. You are here to help the body align with the soul so it can achieve flight. 
y'all, that sentence to me, I was like, yes, yes, that is what I'm here to do. Thank you, Shiva, for telling me that. You are here to transmit the frequencies you already have within your own body that come from Lyra and from your own avian ancestors so that those on earth can remember who they are and where they come from. Your specialization bond is transforming particles of doubt and insecurity into atoms of confidence and brevity. What? Oh my gosh. So then Shiva says, Vaughn, this is more activation than message, more transformation than words about your transformation. You will begin to receive more messages and sequences from your avian home. You will begin to notice more and more that your work is more is about alchemy than healing. And one may argue that they are one and the same, but there is a difference, and that difference is sound. The sound of healing is very different to the sound of alchemy. The sound of alchemy is like a waterfall, whereas the sound of healing is like a river. What you are here to do, Vaughn, is to be the source that turns on the waterfall of change that is needed to heal, but not needed to heal, but to ascend to new heights of potential. Boom! What? Okay. What you are here to unlock is not small shift, but shifts, but catalyst cataclysmic changes that illuminate the mind and matter of the soul and allow the body to step back and allow the soul to be the leader. And the more you grow to see yourself as a bird goddess, the more you will transmit the frequencies that will enable others to find you. And that's what I'm always talking about. Like when you speak your voice, this is me talking now, when you speak your voice and when you let your vibration shine and radiate at the frequency of which you were created, that is when you're going to find your people. That is when everything is going to fall into alignment because you're at a vibrational match for everyone that you are supposed to be surrounded with and, and be doing the work that you were supposed to be doing. So then Shiva says, Vaughn, there is nothing I need to share with you that you do not already know. You know you are here to create transformational change. You know you are an alchemist of the soul and body. All I am doing is giving you permission to receive this role and title and take it as your own. All I am giving you is the awareness that there is more power you are not yet accessing. And all I am asking is that you see yourself as more than a healer, but as an alchemist of the soul and earthly experience. It is important for you to see who you are before who you are, who you were before this life. You have been an Incan priestess. You have been an avian transformationalist. You have shown others their path in many, many lifetimes. And this is what an alchemist does, Vaughn. They remove the smoke so you can see the sun. They move the clouds so that we can see the planets. They open the portal that allows us to ascend past the human planet into the divine. Focusing only on healing is like healing the wounded as they walk when your true purpose is to show them the way, allowing them to heal on their own. Yes! You are here to help others access and attune to their higher nature. Healing is easy. Finding our true nature and setting the soul free is the hardest aspect of this earth experience. You make the keys that unlock the door of on and do not forget this. Oh my gosh, y'all. Like... What? This literally is pure gold to me. To be able to receive this kind of guidance and clarity has been detrimental for my, over this past month, honestly. So then Shiva says, 
There are many stars guiding your wave on. The more time you spend under the stars at night, the more guidance you will, you will receive. The more flexibility you allow into your life and the more new parts will enter. Sometimes you shy away from the flame of your potential bond from fear it will make others uncomfortable. But the less you worry about this, the easier your life will become. You are not here to blend in, but to stand out, wings out, so that others can see you and find you if they wish to study with you. Allow yourself the freedom to decide who you will be on any given day. Disregard social norms and rules of what is or isn't possible and instead focus on the potential you can unlock with your keys. Carry yourself not as a human bond, but like a bird would and fly. Your work, she then says, your work is about to transform and enter new territories, and we ask that you explore anything and everything that interests you at this time, and like a tapestry, thread it into the experience you give others. The more naturally you share, the more invigorated others will become. Shiva then says in final note, all will be well, Vaughn, if you trust enough to let go and allow yourself, your, your soul to step forward Allow your human body to fade and allow the bird in you to step forward. The less you restrict your own movement, the more you will help others to take flight. The end. Oh my goodness. I actually did not plan on reading that whole thing, but reading it out loud just to, to you, to, to you, to someone makes it so real. Like that is who I am. That is what I'm here to do. And even though my soul like knew all of these things, to be able to, to hear that from, from an ascended master, I mean, it has just given me so much peace in my heart. And although still the past few weeks has been very challenging for me as I allow myself to step more and more boldly into a role of a of of a leader and a, a guide and a bird and a and a priestess you know like hearing those words it's like oh my gosh like i i do cower away from from that because i don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable but i know like i know like i know that when i stand in my power it gives permission to everyone around me for them to stand in their power because yes this is this is powerful and i and i am amazing damn it but so are you so are you so it is so imperative that we allow ourselves to to dig deeper into these healing experiences and and to learn what else is more, you know, what else is out there. I mean, like, okay, so I'm a blue avian. I don't really know what that means or shit. I don't even know if it's true, but it feels really, really good and true to me. And that's all that matters. I trust my heart. I trust my soul. I trust these beautiful messages from realms that I have no idea where they're coming from, but I trust and I know and I believe and I'm choosing to live my life in this way. So I'm excited for you to meet Courtney and I feel certain after hearing her and her magic and her honesty and just her 
compassion for helping others, I know that you will want to be with her. And um, afterwards, we discussed like, um, she was like, well, let's trade, you know, like, let's do a barter. And I was like, yes, like, because it doesn't matter. Like her medicine is so different from my medicine. Like we each have our own medicine. We each have our own medicine. It's not like you only need to work with me or you only need to work with her or you're so tuned into your medicine that you don't need to work with anyone. Like we all need each other's medicine. So tap into your medicine, tap into your offerings and how you are meant to serve in this lifetime and embody those gifts and share them. And let's create a new world. Let's elevate and heal this world together. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Bye. Courtney. Hello. I am so excited, honored. Um, I want to say overwhelmed because I mean, I'm like literally that excited to have you on this podcast that is called cosmic healing. And I feel like you literally are the epitome of cosmic healing. So I literally had the most profound healing I've ever experienced with you. You provided so much healing, but also guidance and clarity. And you just, the information that I received from you it literally changed like the trajectory of my mindset and my body and the way that I think now. Like it was literally that huge. So I am just truly honored to have you here welcome welcome um thank you so much um those words just um filled up my soul and actually made me a little bit emotional which is um yeah it's it's beautiful it's um it's work that i love doing but it's always really nice to hear um how people receive it yes well and i'm very lucky to work with the spirits that i do it's so I am just literally in awe of how you were able to do what you do. So I would love to hear your story of, of this, you, this becoming this version of yourself. Um, so the, the story goes, I guess, way back in that I was always um, probably a bit of a weird little kid in that I had um, um, past life visions of, Egypt and I would speak apparently my my grandpa served in Egypt in the war and he would swear that I spoke Egyptian in my sleep and um, there's this story my mom and dad tell of taking me to a British museum exhibition where I took them around the Egyptian exhibit and told them how we how we used everything Um, and that was when I was really young so I I had experiences from when I was little Um, and then I was also quite a sickly child, so I had a lot of asthma and spent a lot of time in hospital. And so I guess my journey to where I am now started with we're at um, a friend's place of mum and dad's one night and I had a really bad asthma attack and normally the ambulance would have to come and take me straight to hospital because I would, you know, there's been times that I've gone blue and things have gotten pretty dicey and this friend of mum and dad's was actually a Reiki master and she put her hands on my chest and she instantly calmed 
my chest down and I didn't have to go to hospital and mum and dad straight away said we need to get caught in to study Reiki. So my sister and I and mum and dad, we all went and did Reiki and it just, um, it started something, but it was when I did Reiki too that I started channeling Um, and then it's just been, I think it's always been a part of my life, but I chose, um, how would I explain this? Reiki is a really beautiful energy to work with and it's something that you kind of walk towards. My channeling ability freaked me out a little bit and I, it was like my dirty little secret. I do it for friends sometimes, but it wasn't something I ever spoke about. The part of my gifts that scared me is that every now and again I would get um, spirits coming and visiting me, not guides, um, people who had passed over. And they would always turn up in the middle of the night and always at really inappropriate moments. I always joke that spirits never turn up during the day in business hours. It's always, you know, it's dark, it's creepy. There's someone standing by. I've got goosebumps. There's someone standing by your pillow. Um, And so that was part of my experience. And it was that part of the experience that made me go, I don't want this. Um, And I remember a friend of mine had psychic abilities and I spoke to her about it and she said, you know, you can just tell it to go away. She said, you just have to be very firm. And so every couple of years I would say, I don't want this anymore. And it would stop for a while. And then it was like an expiration date. Things would start popping up again. And so I ended up choosing a really logical career in the corporate world. My dad was in marketing and radio. And so I originally wanted to be, I guess as a child, I wanted to be an archaeologist. And then as an adult, I wanted to be um, a radio DJ and um, ended up going into marketing and then strategy in creative agencies. So, you know, all of the advertising that we see for the products that we love, it was my job to work out what would make people buy those things. And I ended up getting to quite a senior level, a director level of that. And um, so you can see how far I ran from, yeah. from, you know, my origins. And then it was... um I I reached my dream level position and I just felt such a hole inside of me. And um, my, my wife Jules was, you know, quite unwell at that time. And it was just this perfect storm of me falling out of love with the job I thought would make me eternally happy. Jules being unwell and, this moment where I needed to reassess everything. And it was at that time that I decided (laughs) to start meditating. And it was never anything that I'd really gotten into before, but it was pure desperation because I thought if I can't do strategy and I can't do this job anymore, what, what can I do? And it was during a very ordinary, I think it was on the Calm app, this very ordinary meditation that I had what I believe to be a kundalini awakening and I felt a spiral activate in my spine. And and from that moment I I had a voice inside of me that I then learnt was Krishna and Krishna is a Hindu deity. Um, and he just started speaking to me and said, you're going to spend the rest of your life writing books. You've got a year to get out of advertising. I think that was a bit of a later conversation, but... 
you know, you're going to do healings and you're going to write. And at first I just thought oh, I can easily stay in strategy, keep earning really good money. At the time we were living like by Sydney Harbour, which is a really iconic place to live. I was living this great life with my family and I. And, um, you know, famous last words. <laughs> that was the beginning of a year of just total unravelling and um and basically losing all of my strategic and really logical critical thinking gifts and this whole other part of me coming forward that was really heart-centric and struggled sitting in a room talking about money and how much money we were going to earn from clients. And um, it was just like it was, it was like someone had totally swapped my brain in that meditation and I couldn't go back to who I was even though I was trying to, um, but yet I didn't have any idea who I would become either. Yeah. So what was the time, like how old were you? How old were you when you experienced your the Reiki healing and you started learning about Reiki and then when you sat in that meditation and you met with Krishna so I was I think when I when I did Reiki one I think I was about 14 and I think when I did Reiki two I was maybe 15 or 16 um and it was when I was 15 or 16 after doing Reiki two I started having all these flashbacks of um Egypt and Tibet and just it was like past lives were just um, flying forward <laughs> into the present. Um, I also got bitten by a snake around that time and I had a flashback of a life in Egypt where I'd been bitten by a snake. So it was something in that Reiki session opened a door yeah. for me. I wasn't really ready to look through at that time. It was more I mean, of a passive. So young. I mean, that is young. <laughs> I mean, I have a, a 15 year old daughter, a 15 and 17 year old daughter, and I'm trying to like visualize what that would be like for, you know, I mean, I, it, of course you weren't ready for that. I mean, that's, that's some heavy stuff. Mm. I think it was, um, it's like I had some trauma in my background as well. Um, some abuse that happened from when I was really young too, until I was about 12 and and that was you know a family member um that had that had done that and so I think that trauma probably sent me into the other worlds as well probably not in a conscious way but that's I like think there was like a, a safe place that you 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 went to your consciousness went to yeah and so like I, I yeah I, I didn't really ever talk much about I think my escapism to the other worlds and places um and it, it wasn't until I think I was in my 30s so I'm 41 now it was in my 30s that I found out that my grandmother that she actually astral traveled and she would see people standing around her bed as well so I think I kept it very private up until that point I didn't really ever speak about it and as a teenager unless you've got other people around you who are into those things I mean it was the 90s so I, I wish I had have talked to her. I can't think what that movie is the craft oh yeah, yeah everyone yeah. my age saw the craft but I, I don't think we ever really talked about it in, yeah. in a serious way well, I mean, even 
you know, as a teenager, but even as adult, like just me now in the past five years, you know, have I felt, well, actually I, I really began every, like my shifting and my changing and my healing journey over the just five to seven years ago. And, and just in the past few years, I have felt safe talking about my spirituality and, and, you know, like just exploring these deeper conversations because it, it really is, has not been safe, right? Like it's been, it's been safe, but we have felt so judgmental around it. You know, like there's just been so much judgment and, and fear around it. But yet it's like the most beautiful, magical, I mean, these realms that, that you get to access are incredible. I mean, I, I know you did a post recently on Instagram, how you were talking about your, who your best friends are and that your best friends are literally in your spirit world. And, yeah. and the way that you channeled, I know just from my healing personally, that's the only reference I have of your work. But just seeing that and knowing the way that you, they spoke through you, it just felt like it was literally like just the most comfortable, natural, like this is, this is it. This is what we're doing now. La, 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 la. And, and so it really just was so comfortable. And so when you, when you wrote that, I was like, oh, like you were just so connected so I'm curious, like once you received that message from Krishna, that's, I mean, did you, it was that you were that solid and sure you're like, okay, yes, this is who that is. Like, what is it? Are you like, is it a feeling in your body or do you hear things or is it all of the above? Um, I would probably say it's all of the above and it was, um, it was really comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time because I had spent so long running from my gifts that I, I would actually liken it to coming out um, in that I remember coming out when I was, you know, 21 to my family and thinking once I do, once I say this out loud, my life is never going to be the same and, you know, that was like 20 years ago now and things are so much better for people who come out. But I still would think of it in parallel to coming out about your spirituality because I feel like it's really similar that once you come out and say, you know, I hear things, I see things, um, this is what I believe in, I believe in ghosts. I, you know, I think about UFOs. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. And there is such a, uh, like, it makes my heart hurt when I think about my, my personal journey of how I have been so scared to really share my own gifts, like how, how, mm. how I'm connected in that way. And, and it's just, I know how scary it is for me. And I've really been doing a lot of work in, in these realms. And so I just know that there's so many women that have like these incredible gifts 
And I know you probably, I mean, cause you work with, with these people all the time mm -hmm. and you, you have access to their soul, right? Like you can see what, what is happening and, and feel their power. And I, so what is that like for you to facilitate these levels of healings and, and communications? Um, it's it's amazing and it's definitely not something I ever take for granted. Um, we work with a lot of people right at the start of their journey. We've worked with so many now healers who, you know, we worked with them right before they, when, when they were thinking that maybe they had gifts and now that they're out there in the world and they're quite prominent um, healers. So that like that's interesting that we seem to come in at that point in people's journeys um going back to to what you were saying before about the I guess if we call it the the coming out of your spirituality um I I seem really comfortable but I still have moments of yeah. discomfort um like I went to my high school reunion a couple of years ago and I think I was pretty good then I think I was pretty solid in who I was but I went to a, a private school in Australia and there's like brain surgeons in my class and like people who chose a really um, earthly focused <laughs> career path and people were asking me what I was doing and I would just tell them I was a consultant and I'm, I'm a bit mortified now that I did that. So I was like, why, why do you even, why did you even give a shit that right. what, what anyone thought of you? But um, it's funny to be out in the world and to have, I guess, a, a public persona of what you do. But then I, I think it's been a series of surrenderings to my gifts. And I think I'm still very much in the throes of that now. I'm leaps and bounds ahead of where I was when it all started back in 2016, when it, my life really, really got flipped on its head. Um but it's still a slow process and it's, it's been a lot of work in the background um, to speak about what I do. And I, I also think, and I know this from healings, that so much of this stuff is linked back to past lives and people's past persecution. And, you know, we work predominantly with healers and people with gifts. And I would say that people are like volcanoes. They're either active or they're dormant. I believe everyone has gifts. We're all intuitive. We all have gifts. It's just, you know, sometimes they're activated and they're very much in the present and sometimes they're just sitting there waiting for us. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's a it's a tough journey for people to admit that they might have gifts and then to speak openly out loud about it is this whole other yeah. realm. And I do think that to what you said about there are, I don't think we'll ever like be like, woohoo, okay, I've, I've figured it out, you know, because just recently I talked about this last week on the podcast. Like I, I just, when I feel like, okay, I'm in my groove. Yeah. I got this thing going on and I, I, I know what's up. And then all of a sudden I started channeling goddesses and it actually, ever since our, our healing 
ISIS came and, and really spent a lot of time with me in our healing. And she had already been on my radar. And then like two weeks later, I, I channeled her and I, I began. So it's like, I know that something in me shifted from that, that, that I was more open to, to channel her, but, but then in that frequency of channeling her, it's like my body has just been so like tired ever since, you know, like, it's like I hit this new level of receiving frequency, I, I guess, is that what you would say that it's like, my body's just like, okay, now my body's got to rest and recover so that I, so how do you think that works? Like, what, what is your take on that? Um, I, I do think it's a series of constant adjustments. And I think, like you said, you know, you have these moments where you're like, I'm here, I know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've arrived and then literally the, the rug gets ripped out from underneath you you three days later and you're back in this kind of almost like an obstacle course of it constantly it's like, trying uh-huh. like you don't you you think you know you don't know anything and, yeah. and, and but but I think that that is the excitement of of this life that it's like oh you think you know no 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 like there is so much more for you to to learn and don't ever, I mean, not that for one minute, I really think I know, but it's like, can it just be like a calm for a minute? Like, can I just integrate all of this for a hot minute? And then, yeah. and, but, I, and, but looking back, I guess that that's what it is, is there is just a constant integration, recalibration, and then you get to up level again, and then you get to learn more and more and more, and then you integrate that, and then you learn more and more and more. And it's just a constant evolution and, and integration and embodiment of everything that we do not know that we're learning at every moment. Yeah. And I, th- I think it can be tough on the physical body too. Like, a, um, as an example, if you've been on land your whole life and you've never experienced water and you've never swum before, getting in the pool and learning how to swim is physically tough on the body. So it's like we've spent our whole lives living on earth in this density and frequency and this experience. And then when you finally start opening yourself up and tapping into the other worlds, it is physically different. Um I do liken it to going to the gym in the sense of I feel like because I'm channeling for at least a couple of hours a day that it that's actually initially it was hard and then now that's like my happy calm place it's like my body just just relaxes and goes into this state where it's just easy and it's easier for me now to spend time in the spirit world than it is probably to be in in the the human space so it's kind of flipped 100 percent. and so I wanted to I was gonna mention that because um last time I'm in your private group your the Ouija private group that is so good and I'll make sure that I drop the links and in the show notes and everything but last night you did your private healing for the group and and you were saying you were channeling um uh, Atlas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and so you come, he was commenting that we're like, there's earth and then there's the spirit world. And then there's that in the middle. And like, as soon as you said that I got so emotional because that's exactly where I feel right now. Like, I feel like I'm in the middle. I don't feel like I belong here on earth. I don't know where I belong 
you know, up, up in the spirit world. It's like, so I'm really, really trying to navigate. And I feel like I've t honestly always tried to navigate that my entire life. Like I always felt like I did not belong here on, you know, it's not that I didn't belong. It's just, I didn't feel like, you know, nobody made me feel unwelcome here is what I'm saying. But it just like, I always just was like, I feel like it just, different and not different in like a special way, but like, I just felt different. Like I didn't know where I belonged, I guess, is it because I constantly am in that middle place of like, well, am I here on earth or am I up from, you know, or am I a blue avian up in, yeah. <laughs> in Lyra because that's where you told me I'm from. And so I'm like, well, shit, which one am I? But but that's the human experience of is navigating because we are all spiritual beings and we are all human beings. So learning to navigate that being where we get to be both and just letting, letting it be easy and fun rather than so hard and difficult. Yeah. And that's, that's what I liked about, the yesterday's session, the healing with Atlas, and to explain what that is, where we have a, a live healing session every month, and uh, we have a different spirit come in to teach. And what Atlas was teaching us, and what he was helping us to do, was to expand our, I guess, our auric field so that it touches all of the worlds at once. Because I think the hard thing is when you start this journey, it's like I'm either my three-dimensional earth self or I'm in the sky, in the clouds speaking to the spirits when after yesterday's session it did make me think there is obviously a way of existing in all places all at once and not separating both of the worlds and how much nicer would it be to just be able to exist right yeah in all of the spaces versus taking on these personas all the time of right now I'm you know I'm Courtney and I'm this being and and now I'm Courtney spiritual healer and it's it's exhausting having to being all of those roles all at once yeah and i i know that with with some of the women that are listening um i know that they can probably really relate to this because so many more people are just waking up to their gifts and really digging deeper into their their healing journey and and learning who they are on a soul level and in doing that your whole world does get completely flipped upside down and, and that's why I think the working with, with, with you specifically um, can be so just powerful because you, you bring in this wisdom from these realms, from this, these, this wisdom from consciousness that is just beyond our comprehension. And it feels so true. Like what, what, what you, Oh, I have a question. Okay. So in a healing with you, because I, we weren't together, like you, we picked the time and then you were like, okay, you go into a meditative state and I'll email you the, the healing information, you know, and it was like an hour later. And, and I had this incredible healing all on like my email, but that I read. So how do you do that? So are you, 
like channeling it and then saying it and then write like how what is that process like because that one I was like how did she just and it comes with pictures and images and <laughs> definitions and I'm like who is this woman how does she do that <laughs> yeah pe people find it, my way of working a bit different to other people I think other people do um, video a lot um, or in in person so the way that I work is very different but um, how I actually started was channeling books and so I'm really good at listening and typing and I'm quite a fast typist. So wait, so you're listening and typing all at the same time? Yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. That is, that's impressive, girl. <laughs> so it's actually, it's easier for me to do it that way because um, how I think of it is, is if I was face-to-face -face with somebody, I would be listening to them speaking to you if you had questions I'd have to answer them in that moment which mean I'd lose track of what's happening there so it's it allows me to have an hour where I just sit on my own in a quiet space and I go into the healing and because I'm seeing everything like a movie I, I see it all in really bright colors and I see what everyone is doing and I speak to them and then I read them out um, when someone comes to us for a healing or a reading they bring us you know, this is what I'm dealing with in my life and then I'll take that list of things to the spirits. And then they're all, you know, we can have, we have our usual team of people that turn up and then there's often, depending on what ailments or things people bring to us, different spirits can come in. Um, like there's one particular, I was going to say there's one guy, there's <laughs> one particular spirit that works and he brings in different leaves and he just lays them on the body and I can actually see things being um, that the leaves are absorbing things from the body and the leaves will turn brown and then he'll add new sets of leaves on. Or <laughs> So it's like I probably only have time to just write on it and absorb what the spirits are saying without then needing to um, also have another means of communication with the person that I'm working with. So that's how it's ended up being and I'd I'm grateful that people trust us to work in that way because I think it allows me to do my best work. So as as the voyeur and the yes, facilitator. I really appreciate it. it. I actually loved the the separation of us, you know, like I, I love being able to come into my space, get into my own thing, not have to worry about Zoom or anything. Like I just, I knew, I trusted, like I knew that you were sitting at the same time that I was sitting and that you, we were connected, you know, like it wasn't like, there was no doubt. Like I knew that our energies were connected in that moment. And then an hour later to receive everything that I received, it was just amazing. Um, so, okay. So you have your main team, like who, who, who's your, like your go-to besties that you hang with in every healing session. Um, so it's always um, Krishna, who's a Hindu um, deity. And then Isis always steps in next and she works with the heart. And so Krishna works with the crown. Isis works with the heart and the throat. Um, then we have St. Germain, who I actually picked up in um, Mount Shasta in California. <laughs> we'd gone there and I we'd done a meditation there and I had St. Germain come through. And so we've had him with us since that moment. That was twenty. 18, I think, I can't remember what year it was that we found him. Um, 
And um, sometimes there's a spirit called Akira who works with um, sacral chakra and creativity and passion. He'll come in. I know if he comes into a session that that there's, you know, a bit of a refuel that needs to occur. Um, and then we have Shiva, who's another Hindu um, deity. He always works with the feet. They all have specific places that they tend to work. Um, sometimes Isis will come down to work with the stomach and, um, you know, if there's fertility things or... And then sometimes we'll get, on rare occasions, we'll have spirits that have passed over, turn up in the healing. Like I'll see, we work in a rainforest. It's a beautiful rainforest and it's a, you know, a white stone healing table and there'll be my team there. And, you know, um, Lakshmi, who's another Hindu goddess, she'll come in and often apply blessings to people. So there's the usual activity that happens and then sometimes I'll look over and there'll be someone standing off to the side like we had one recently and it was a man who was dressed in 70s style clothing with a cream shirt with you know I think it was like an orange stripe across it brown slacks it was like ultra specific and so I just record I see my job as recording everything that I'm seeing and hearing I don't filter anything so I just wrote you know I'm seeing this man standing off to the side he's obviously invested oh he was carrying a bunch of flowers as well and I just wrote all of that in and I heard back from her, you know, I think it was within a couple of hours saying, oh, that's that's my dad. You know, and, and I know that shirt that you're talking about and I've got goosebumps. Um, so occasionally though, I think the people who love us who have passed over will come in and take advantage of that connection as it's happening. It doesn't always happen, but it, so it's like we do have special guests yeah right in. special guest appearances <laughs> yeah we also have these two beings which is they're really interesting they're called the kenza and one is pink and one is blue they're they're not fleshy they're like a gas gas looking um like they're in the a human shape but one is pink almost like pink smoke and one is like blue smoke but they're in human form and they just work with the brain and the spine so they'll often come in if, you know, the mind is too busy or, you know, we worked with people who've had brain injuries and the Kenza will come in to work with people on that. So it's it's kind of like I think of it as like the human world. We have experts down here. They have experts up there as well. So we tend to get a lot of people who've tried everything yeah. in the human world and then they come to us as a last resort with what they've got going on. Um. When you're, what what are your thoughts or how do you describe like multi dimensions? So, do you feel like when you're when you're working with different gods and goddesses, are they are they in different dimensions or do you know what dimension or do you bebop between dimensions or how does that work? That's a really good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. Um... I think we, I definitely meet them in a different dimension or plane. Um, I, I think that they exist everywhere all at once. I think we try to break things down into different dimensions. For them, it's probably all connected and it's, there is no separate places. Um, I did have an experience once in a meditation where, and this was quite early on, I think it was with Shiva and Krishna, they took me to a, they were taking me to a star and 
I was journeying towards this star, but when I reached it, I actually physically felt like I wanted to vomit. And it was like I'd been taken too far, (laughs) the only way I can describe it. So I had definitely travelled somewhere that brought a physical reaction in me. And that's probably the farthest reaches of where I've gone to. I had another experience one night where I saw the wall, like speaking of other dimensions, I saw the wall in my bedroom fall away and I was lying in bed but looking to couple of meters to my right there was like red rocks and it almost looked like Mars it was really strange so how they explain it is it's like all of the worlds are, are next to each other and everything is closer than we think so even with our loved ones that have passed over they're actually right there it's all really close it's not like human distance where we think oh they must be 100 million kilometers or miles away um it's actually all really connected and close they do sometimes talk about parallel worlds where um for example okay this is really interesting i don't think i've talked about this before they say that there's different parallel versions of us so we might have seven there'd be like seven other versions of vaughn um all working towards one soul goal so it's almost like you've got a relay team and each one of you is fulfilling different tasks towards this one goal and so how they explain it is that if something happens to Vaughn in another dimension then Vaughn's tasks from that dimension then get rolled into another another Vaughn and what she needs to accomplish and so how they I guess the best example of it, of what they say is um, like if a bomb goes off in a, in a parallel world, we can feel that as an earthquake in this world. So there are many versions of us all doing different things. So is that, like, once. A, um, is that like a time, like different timelines? Like are those parallel timelines or... I think I think they could be timelines. I think it's um I mean it certainly blows my mind. Every time we talk about this stuff and sometimes we'll just have chats with them about things, we being um Jules and I, my wife. And it's really hard for I think our human brains to get um to wrap our head around their world and energy or their world, thin everything. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think, yes, there are like parallel places, parallel timelines. Yeah, it it is so interesting. And I, I like, I like the parallel part, like that feels, that feels good, right? Like I can, because I've been working a lot with timelines lately and it's like, I, I can feel that, that those are the, experiences that that person is literally having at that moment. And so it's almost like reclaiming that version of you from that timeline and pulling it back into this version of you right here, right now. It's almost like that's, so I love the way that you said that because we're almost like trying to get, gather all the information just for the, for that one soul. Yeah. So there's like these different yeah. versions of ourselves on these parallel timelines 
that we're, that we get to connect to and then be like, oh, hey, yeah. Okay. Because every time I'm working with the timelines, my right hand always reaches up, up there. And it's like, I need to get that and then bring it back here to the, to right here, right now. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I'll have dreams about, um, I'll have dreams about Jules and I, but it's not us. I'm really jaded in my dreams and Jules is like a total party animal, which she definitely is not. But in these dreams that they always follow the same theme, there's like jaded court and we call Jules chaotic Jules. And I asked Krishna one day, I'm like, why do I keep having these dreams? And he said, that's a parallel version of you. You're actually seeing another version of you in another timeline or or plane and it's become like a bit of a joke now it's like you know what did chaotic jewels do last night what did jaded court do (laughs) and you know i they just happen from time to time but there's obviously a lot more happening than what we realize or could even comprehend um like even with you know the things that happen to us in our life I asked them once, you know, how does that work? Do we, you know how there's that spiritual idea that, well, it's an idea to talk talked about in the spiritual community about, you know, did I choose this? Did I choose this event to happen in my life? And I asked them about that once and they said, no, you don't choose the events that happen. You choose the things that you want to learn and the overall themes that you want to learn. And then it's almost like a, you know, wheel of fortune it's almost like the wheel of fortune things spinning. So maybe there's maybe there's a forgiveness wheel and you're in this lifetime you want to learn about forgiveness. And so this wheel will spin and it will spit out an experience that will help you to tap into that. But it's all, I asked them about this wheel, but then they showed me all of these other wheels that are connected. So it's like you can grasp it at a very basic level, but I don't know that that I, we will ever understand the true complexity of everything that happens and why it happens to us. Yeah. I read a book one time and it was saying that, um, that your soul knows what it came into this lifetime to experience and like the, the growth that, that it desires. And, and so when there's an opportunity that strikes, (laughs) it's like your soul will create that will just be like, Oh, this seems like a good opportunity to, to like fall off of this or to like create this disturbance, yeah. or whatever, you know? And so it's like, it's, it's there. It's not that it was necessarily predetermined, but it's like the opportunity presented itself and it's like, Oh, okay, here's a good, here's a good opportunity to, to learn from this. And then yeah. in that moment, like without you even realizing what you're doing, you're doing it. And then it's like, uh, later it's like, Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense perfect sense (laughs) yeah and it's it's tiring it's tiring constantly going through the motions of it all and I think the more you get onto this spiritual journey the more you I guess consciously tune into everything that's happening in your life and and I think that's where and I was thinking about this earlier in our chat I think that's where rest is so important and that if you're on this journey and you're going into your gifts and you're working things out you do need more physical rest like it's a lot for the body to cope with all of this change um so i think you know even focusing on things like good nutrition and exercise and meditation taking like krishna has been talking lately about daydreaming how important daydreaming is that we give ourselves that space to um 
it's too so empty and unravel. Yeah, because you've been do, doing the daydreaming, um, basically like a daydreaming challenge in, in your private group. And yeah, every time I, it was funny because I was noticing like when you said that, I was like, oh, that looks like fun. And then when I started doing it, like day one exercise, I was like, this is actually what I do like every day. <laughs> I'm a really, really, really good daydreamer. <laughs> That's amazing. And so it was just so funny because I, I was like, I was trying, I was trying too hard to daydream. And I was like, I think mm. cause I do this all the time anyway, like, but th there is like a difference between daydreaming and then get your shit together and, and actually do the things, you know? And so I feel like that yeah. could be a big difference with, with me where I get frustrated with myself is because I do a lot of daydreaming. And, and then it's just like, okay, Vaughn, snap out of it. You got, you got to like actually do the things that you're dreaming about now. I feel like that's an, um, I feel like that's a better space to be in than the opposite space of being so involved in this world and so involved in action that you struggle to daydream. I feel like you're probably in the better position because it's. Okay. I think I'll, it's, take, I'll it's, take that then. Yeah. <laughs> Because if you're in that, you know, if you think of it as like a divine shower, like you're standing there and, and you're letting that energy run through you, then you can pointedly choose the things that you want to work on, that you feel inspired to work on versus I think our human nature is to want to work on everything all at once and then we leave no space for letting that divine aspect come through. Like, Something they've been talking about lately is um, the energetics around like social media and the online world and how we spend that we're, we're not really in our physical bodies that much anymore. Like we exist online. We, you know, we have these personas that we have on social and we spend so much time building our world in the other worlds, you know, the internet, right. that our physical bodies are becoming weak and it's harder for us to be in our physical bodies because we spend so much time online. So they talk a lot about doing physical things in the real world and, you know, how important exercise is and um, I guess activities that encourage embodiment because we need to work on both. We can't just be all in one world because then the physical body becomes weak. To be really strong, we need to work on the physical body, the vessel, and also uh, I guess the divine aspects that are able to blossom out and connect. Yeah, that I've, I definitely have been feeling that same way. Like I feel like in the beginning of my journey, it felt very spiritual like I was like I have to work on this I like I want to learn everything about the spiritual aspects of myself but it wasn't until all of a sudden I realized that I, when I started feeling it in my body like the expansion and the gratitude and the magic and the miracles and like all of a sudden my life just started feeling so good and then I was becoming like a different person and I was like Oh, wait, like I get to bring all this together and I get to be like this expanded version of me. And then all of a sudden I was the walking, breathing, being version of my highest self. You know, it was like, I, I don't have to like dream about her and connect, you know, like she's up there. Like I get to, I get to be that version of myself. And so when I'm in that place is when I feel the most 
connected to, to my highest self and to my soul purpose. And, and my mission is on point, you know, like when I allowed the, the body to all for, for the mind, body, spirit, literally to all be together. And it just feels like this one big juicy thing. But I feel like where we get so tripped up is that we, we do create, like we have the physical body and we have this, our spiritual body, but it's the embodiment of all that, that, that is the, the, the job here. You, 100%. Yeah. You actually channeled something um, where, let me see if I can find it really quick. It was, it was so good because I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. Even though I have like a bazillion, I, I printed it out <laughs> what you did. And I like highlighted <laughs> and underlined everything that you did. Um, oh, I don't think I can find it, but it was just so amazing to, to talk about Shiva was talking about the, the, the bringing it all together. Like that, like saying, saying that that is my job is to help. Oh gosh. It was so good. What, what did it say? Um, uh, I want to find it. It was really, really good. Um, they're always very eloquent. Ah, Sometimes people so will good. ask me things and I, I never, I, it's, it's really hard to compete with their eloquence. I always stumble and fumble over explaining things that they just make so beautifully simple. It was just, it was so beautiful because it was basically saying, you know, connecting to your soul, like that's the, or healing. And that's what he was saying. He was saying healing is easy. The integration of this into your human body and, and allowing your soul to lead, that is the hard part. And I was like, as soon as I read it, I was like, yes, yes, yeah. that is that is it completely like healing easy. I mean, there's nothing easy about healing, but healing actually is the easy part is the integration and the becoming this new expanded version of yourself that is the really hard part. Yeah, and That's often the body, doing. yeah, and the, the body stores so much. Um, like whilst you get a fresh body in every lifetime, you know, um, it doesn't mean that your body doesn't remember everything it's experienced in every other lifetime and the punishments that you've received and, you know, persecution or broken bones, like everything. Like I'm amazed at the connection um like we had someone come to us once with like a lower back problem and she just it was like this really really sore spot that no one had been able to move she'd seen different people and right at the end of the healing mara who's like a white very old white witch that we work with i just see her hand right at the end of the healing just shoot into this woman's back and she pulls out like a rusty arrowhead throws it over her shoulder the healing ends and we hear from um, this client and she said, my back pain's gone. And it's it's like things like that happen all the time where oh even God. though we look, we look like we're new, all of that stuff, we're carrying it all around with us and it continues to cause problems. And when you speak to the body, the body's almost a bit childlike in the sense of it's like, no, I don't want to go towards this because this is what happened to me in another 
time. So it's like your spirit and your soul can be, you know, full steam ahead and wanting to do all this crazy stuff and your body's like, hell no. You know how that ended in 1600 in that forest. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, I've been a massage therapist for over 20 years and and I never was connected to the energetics, emotional aspects of the physical pain that I was working on because people would come to me when they were in pain. And so I was mm. doing all that for all those years and never allowed my consciousness or, or this level of my gifts to move through because I clearly was not ready to, to do that. But now the way that I am able, my hands go directly to these, the, the energetic pain points. Like I call it like an emotional trigger point and energetic trigger point. Mm -hmm. It's like my hands know exactly where to go. And I will receive like a message as to what emotional thing is happening there. And then it's like, I put the pressure on it and then it just like, and it just alleviates. And I mean, like so many, like sciatica and I mean, just like low back pain, knee pain, migraines, chronic migraines, like, and it's, I mean, it is so fascinating, the body aspect of it all. Mm, I need to book him for a healing with you. It's And it's super cool because, <laughs> because I get to do like basically a massage virtually even. It's just like the way yeah. that I can just scoop right in and just like literally like scrape it out and like hold the trigger point until it releases. It's just so wild. And now I'm learning that we hold like our past life trauma in our glute area and our glutes is where sciatica is. And that's where our, you know, low back, all that stuff. And, and that's, you know, the past, like things that are holding us back. And, and so it's just so fascinating to me that just through the more and more I work with my clients and, and just explore, more of because I don't, I don't know what's happening. Like, I I don't know, but I'm learning like a pattern, you know, usually when I'm drawn to the glute booty area, then I'm like, okay, I think we're about to heal some past life shit. Let's, let's play there. (laughs) My glutes are always tight. So I think I definitely need, well, you're holding (laughs) on to And I think that's the interesting thing is that even like with my gifts, I can see, I see like different past lives coming up all the time, but then it's like, often it's hard to just deal with the the stuff that you've accumulated in this lifetime, let alone then going back and picking through, you know? So that's where I think, you know, healings um, with, with someone like you and and your gifts of being able to just loosen things in, in one, you know, fell swoop is, is amazing because I think, Whilst things like talk therapy are helpful for, you know, present life stuff or, or, or working through overall themes, and I, I think it's dependent too on what sort of person you are and, and what you need, whether you need that, um, whether you need to talk through things or whether there's other ways of dealing with things. But we're so complex, we're so full of so many things um, that being able to see a healer who can address everything that's happened across your entire timeline or, you know, dealing with bulk aspects of it is hugely helpful because we are here to achieve, you know, our highest potential, but that's really hard when you've got an issue from the 1600s, from a a death that you encountered that makes you fearful of speaking out, um, 
you know, I still have the fear of speaking out now because I've seen past lives where my hands have been removed or, you know, I've been locked away in places and, and you, that stuff does, um, Oh, it's, it's, it, it's, it does still seep forward body. through to the present. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It is like, it's literally in, in the cellular memory of, of your mm. of the body and in the fascia and, and, you know, our, our fascia, I mean, that is such a quantum communication. I mean, it's literally like technology in our body that is a quantum communicator is our fascia, you know, that's like that layer right beneath our skin and our, our collagen. And it just holds so much knowledge and information and, mm. and our bodies are the way I think about it is our, our, the only way that our soul has to communicate through us is, is through our body, through every single feeling that we have, every emotion that we feel, every decision that we make, like it's all being processed through our body. So our body is, it is the thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, I think if you can tune into that and to recognize where there's pain in the body and to stop pushing through when there is pain, but then to also when you tune into it to allow your mind to drift and wander and allow anything to come up because if things aren't always as linear as, you know, falling over and grazing your knee. You know, sometimes injuries can just pop up and they are just remembrances of past times and your body's like, hey, I want you to resolve this thing from 300 years ago. It's really important because it's stopping you from moving ahead yes. now. Yeah, yeah, I really, really believe that. Like right now I've got, um, I've noticed over the past few days I've had some congestion land in my chest and all I can keep thinking about is is I'm also like going through... 2023 has been like a very challenging year for me. I mean, I mean, it's been like very expansive and beautiful, but it's really been, I've been faced and forced to like really, really look at myself and, and what's there. And, and I love it. I'm so grateful that I'm aware enough and eager enough to like go there to the depths of my soul to be like, well, what is this really about? But because I've been like really going there, you know, I feel like I can feel my heart wanting to, wanting to retreat a little bit. Mm. And, and I, and I, I know that that's why that this tightness is happening in my chest. And so it's just like, wow, I, I can, I know that that's a connection is my heart is wanting to retreat. Like, okay, like this is just getting a little too much. And I'm just like wanting to pull in a little bit. And then it's just like, no. So knowing that feeling that tightness move into my chest, it's like, how can I breathe so much more love into that space and just remind myself that I am safe and I am loved and that this is all for the greater of my good, like whatever it is all about, like it's all for the greater of my good. And yeah. just really just keep leaning into that, that just trusting and knowing and, and letting myself feel the tightness and be aware of it. And then doing all the things also to nurture that part mm. of myself. And I, I think too, I, I have so much respect for that process that you're moving through because it is, it is really hard to 
to continue to throw yourself in the ring and to keep looking like we can live at a very surface level that's really easy for us to do and we can just ignore that dull ache of whatever's going on beneath the surface but it's it's hard to keep tunneling down through those layers because a you don't know what you're going to find but b i think we don't really live in a society and culture where it's it's like we want to talk about emotions and we promo talking about emotions and reaching happiness and all of these things, but it's still very much at a surface level. It's like I think really deep healing work is it's shadowy and it's dark and it's uncomfortable and it's like we want this experience of healing to be happy, but when you really start getting into the layers, like it's dark waters then and it's it's hard to talk about, it's hard to look at and um, I think it's really brave when people are willing to go to those depths and to keep swimming a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. Um, I recognise how how much strength and vulnerability that takes to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Every Exactly. I, I celebrate myself <laughs> celebrate like any every person that that allows themselves to just go there I, I think that that is the the biggest act of self-love that is available mm. to us is to just keep showing up for ourselves over and over and over again no matter how scary it is and it is scary it is scary for us to to like open our power and and to embody our power and just share our power and our gifts and our love because not only is it just our power but it's also like our heart our soul that is exposed just being like this is me this is all of who I am this is what I'm capable of this is the amount of gifts and love that I have to give to you. Like here it is, you know, and it's just like, just opening yourself. Like you're just standing there naked, just being like, look mm. at me. And so to allow yeah. yourself to be seen that way. And then to just let people in like that is, is just, it's so beautiful to me. That is just the the ultimate is just to be able to stand there exposed, naked, vulnerable, afraid, but excited all at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of, um, I was at the beach once and sometimes I would communicate with the water and I remember being there one day and having something on my mind and saying to the ocean, like, please help me. And she said, surrender. And I said, okay, I've surrendered. And she said, surrender again. And I said, yep, and it's done. And she said, surrender again. And I feel like that's, it's like the journey that you're on. He's like, show yourself. Okay, show yourself again, show yourself again, show yourself again. And it's just this perpetual cycle of stepping more and more into it and getting more and more naked like I know for me so much of my life I feel like I've been wearing armor and just trying to like be bulletproof and to not let anyone see that I had any chinks in my armor and I try to speak really openly on social because a big part of my own process has been taking that armor off and just being like well this is it this is what I've got 
this is what I've got to share and to show and um, it's freeing. It's really nice to just not have to constantly be repairing those chinks in your armour all the time to just be like, this is my journey. This is all the shit that I've got going on. This is all the stuff that I'm grappling with. Then we're also doing healing work. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. You know, the, the realer we can be, the easier our life becomes, yeah, I think. Seriously. Seriously. And the only reason why it's hard is because we're not doing it together. And so if we mm. were all being completely honest about it and really showing up naked like that and surrendering and just being like, okay, this is literally me you know, then nobody would be scared anymore because it would be so acceptable. And so like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so beautiful. I just, I'm, I'm so in love with this life, you know, like even through the brutal parts of it. I mean, it's just yeah. it's so, it's so lovely. And I'm just, so thrilled and honored that that we all get to that we get to play together you know and because mm-hmm. that's really all we're, we're just playing literally in the cosmos yeah. we're playing we're playing in this world trying to figure out you know what, what else is possible I don't know let's mm-hmm. like you you showed me like in our healing together you showed me so much more of what was possible for myself and for that, I am really, really forever grateful. And I cannot wait to work with you again. But then it's funny, like you provided so much for me. Now I'm like, I want to work with her all the time. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you know, because then it's like you, it's so easy to lean on other people. And I actually want to yeah. talk about this because it is so easy to lean on other people to give you the information that you desire. So I have like two parts. So for you personally, when you are receiving information, is it, I'm a, for me, I, it's so much easier for me to tap into other people's healing than it is for myself. Like for, if it, if, if I were to like tap into you right now, I'd be like, boop, 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 chee, chee. but if I try to tap into me, I'd be like, uh, well, uh, duh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so how, how is that with you? Like, do you feel like you are so tuned in and tapped into your own messages for you personally? No. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. Um, I'm really stubborn. And Jules always says to me, I, I will do, I will wrestle alligators in my own mind and body and not tune into the spirit world. And Jules will say to me after watching me for an hour of grappling or something, she's like, why don't you just ask your guides? Why don't you talk to your people? And it's, it's, um, I don't know why I do it. I really don't know. I, I find it really easy to tune into other people. Um, I, I tune in a lot for weird stuff. Like I work with when I, I have started swimming again recently and I work with one of my guides and she's like my swim coach. And when I get in the pool, I say to her, okay, Mariana, how many laps do you want me to do? And she'll critique my swimming as I'm swimming and I'll hear her. And so I'm, I'm really inclined to do stuff like that. Yeah. I'll ask them how much salad dressing I should put on a dress, you know, a salad. If I'm <laughs> but then for really big stuff, I, I, I do tune in 
I, I find the shower a great place. The shower for me is king for, and the toilet, I think, for getting guidance. Because it's like the only space you're alone generally where you'll stop. So I'll, I'll, if I'm really dealing with something, I'll say, what do you think about this? And it's generally Krishna that I'll go to. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm incredibly stubborn. Yeah. I feel like my life would be so much easier if I actually just um, talked to them more. And there's definitely still a resistance in me somewhere to give myself over entirely to it. I have no idea where in time. <laughs> that block started but I'll like bang tune in in the morning because I do my sessions in the morning because I'm an early bird and I'll you know have no problem channeling reams of guidance for other people but I definitely hold back on doing there's like a a tendency to want to solve things myself I I don't know why what 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 about you how do you do you go to them first or um, I like to use my pendulum a lot, like to help me okay. guide through, you know, like when I'm trying to make a big decision and, and so I will, I'll, instead of like sitting in meditation and like, cause then I definitely am, am in my head, but if I'm like use my pendulum and I know it's connected to my energy, then I'm like, okay. And I can see that yes or no, or, you know, I, I can see the actual movement of, of what, what my heart really desires through the pendulum. Mm. Um, but if I, I've noticed that if I sit down and I'm really trying to connect in that way, that it's like, I'm trying too hard to focus on that. Yeah. And I get very much in my head and then I like block yeah. from, from the guidance and the wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, I actually, I'm, I'm noticing more lately that rather than sitting in meditation, that when I'm out walking and moving my body and I'm breathing because I'm, I'm, I do breath work. And so breath is like the thing that really helps me get into that altered state of consciousness. And so if I'm exercising and I'm, I'm breathing, I notice that is actually when I become more of an open channel for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find the same with swimming exactly the same. Yeah. So, yeah. So for all the little listeners out there that are like, I can't, <laughs> I can't, you know, find your thing, find your thing because it, it is there. But I do think it's, when we're trying too hard, when we're sitting, because that's why so many people say, oh, I can't meditate. Well, it's because we're trying too hard probably, I think, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I think too, like with meditation in particular, I think there's this aura and image of it as being something super serious where you, you know, you need to be empty. I, I still do guided meditations. There's a, a, an Indian meditation teacher that I really love called um, Guru Dev, otherwise known as um, Sri Sri, and I, I love his guided meditations and that takes me to a really beautiful place. Like I still struggle with um, focus for myself, not when I'm in a healing because that just seems to drop me into a trance state, but definitely for my own self I, I love guided meditations and um, I find them extremely helpful. And like 10 or 15 minutes, I think is a sweet spot. I don't think you yeah. need to do it for a long time. Okay. That's actually very inspiring to hear you say that. 
because yeah, I, okay, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> oh, well, Courtney, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your light and your gifts. And I just am so excited to share you with more people because you really are just such a gift. And truly, Aww. truly, you are such a gift. And I'm so grateful that our paths have connected through, of course, the amazing Ashley Mondor. Who, yes. She was my <laughs> a child in a past life. Like I, the minute oh, I- wow. The minute that I met her, like, I didn't even, I just saw her name and I was like, who is that? And so as soon as I clicked on her picture, I was like, <gasps> and then we've just been like forever together. I mean, isn't she just the most precious thing? She's ever? one of my favorite people. Oh my definitely. God. Yeah. yeah so, she's amazing. So of course that's how you and I are connected is through Ashley and she is just such a joy and so just another little divine orchestration, of course. Um, thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun and I'm really glad that you started a podcast. Yeah, thank you. Me too. <laughs> me too. And maybe you're next, okay? Maybe. <laughs> I highly recommend it. It's actually super fun. <laughs> I think you're, you're great at it. It's, um, it's been a, a pleasure chatting to you. It's been very easy. My introverted self has felt very calm and comfortable. Well, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we will talk soon. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you. I am so grateful you played in the cosmos with me today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a review so other open-minded souls can come along this quantum healing journey too. I am most active over on Instagram, so come find me at Vampiro and say hello. Talk to you soon.